Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. We'd like to do a quick shout out to Atlanta. Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm going to shout out to Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I'm going to go ahead and shout out to Dallas. Okay. And I'm going to shout out to Honolulu, Hawaii. And our dog, who is making loud noises. All right. We have another thunderstorm coming. We do have another thunderstorm coming, and he is freaking out a bit. He's a good pup. He's a good pup. All right. You can (laughs) check us out at graceinthashadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceinthashadowsor.org. Check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. Pick you up a coffee mug. Pick you up a coffee mug that says Grace and Shadows and support us. Yes. There's also a link in the show notes to become a monthly supporter of our show. And we would really appreciate it. All right, Dr. J, what kind of facts do you have for us today? Australia is wider than the moon. Whiter? Wider. Do Uh, I have a speech impediment? No, but I thought you were saying it's white like it's still no. standing. Wider. Okay. The moon sits at 3,400 kilometers, which is 200, 200, 100, 113,000 miles in diameter. While Australia's diameter, the east to west, is about 2,485 miles. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Headphones can increase bacteria in your ears. We use headphones a lot, so I bet we have an issue. Well, wearing headphones for just an hour could increase the bacteria in your ears by up to 700 times. Well, you know, there are a lot of people that walk around with those little ear earbuds earbuds earpods yeah airpods airpods and then people that work from home that have to wear Mm -hmm. them all day long i bet they i wonder if they've done a study we should do a study we should find out how many people that wear them all day long get ear infections avocados are not vegetables (laughs) they're fruits love that transition there did you like that? Yeah, that was good. Avocados are not vegetables. Yeah, you They're were telling fruit. me to shut up about the air. <laughs> I did not censure that. That was just a loving way. It was a loving way. Moving forward. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. okay. Do you like avocados? I like them mixed with stuff. I don't right. like them plain. Do you like guacamole? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it's mixed with stuff. Yeah. Well, so, there's a new thing. Well, I guess it's probably not new called avocado toast where people just put yep. plain avocado on there. Some people like it. I don't. I don't. No. I don't. Uh, avocados are fruits because they're single, single-seeded berries. Berries. Okay. Yeah, I always berries. thought they were vegetables. Did you? Well, I always thought they were too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You pro- we probably eat bugs in our sleep. Oh, that is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, it says that there's a good chance that we will swallow ten spiders, oh. seventy types of insects, or more in the course of our lifetime. Oh, wow. Well, don't tell Mary Grace that because she is terrified of spiders. Do you remember the time that she saw a spider in her room and she didn't sleep in there for like two weeks? Yes. And we tried to find a dead spider and show her that it was dead. Spiders. And and spiders. I don't know, but she was terrified and she wouldn't sleep in her room. And we always had to, to, if we killed one, we had to show it to her. But I told her that that one was probably in China. It had already traveled that far. But she wouldn't go back to her room. And we've had some technology issues, haven't we? We have. um, Thank y'all for hanging in there with us. Could it be Sanctum? 
We really think it has been because natural warfare. Yeah, because there's been some that you know we feel were really good topics and mm-hmm. really glorify God, and then we listen to them. Y'all probably heard some of them, and they're muffled. <laughs> and so we're really working on that. So if y'all would please bear with us until we get everything straight, we greatly would appreciate. I think it. this one's going to be a lot better. I sure hope so. Yeah, I sure hope so. So you know, best for us. Happen. Yeah, Pray for us because I think God is using us because Satan's attacking. Right, and we're not being big-headed, but we no. right, but we we're no. doing this, and we love getting the gospel out and helping people draw closer to God through their lifestyle and through you know, and to get saved too. Well, this isn't about me; it's about no, the gospel, absolutely. But I'm just saying we've been under. Yes, we have been. So, if y'all would please pray for us, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it, and pray for our equipment and everything to work out. We'd appreciate it. All right, what's our topic? We're going to go into some pornography. Okay, sounds good. Um, You know, over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. Did you say 40 million Americans? Wow. And that's not even the world. It's just America. That's just America. America. Um, The porn industry's annual revenue is more than the NFL, NBA, and MLB combined. It's also more than the combined revenues of ABC, CBS, and NBC, uh, f- that's 47% of f- uh, families wow. are affected. And so that is, uh, it is more than all those combined. That is so tragic. So I know you're probably going to talk about this. So definitely it's a growing industry, a definite growing industry. And Satan is really drawing people in with it, don't you think? I mean, think of all the people that watch the NFL, the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, and MLB, and that's a lot of people, and all that together, right? Is still, it's still more. Smut <sighs> so sells. It does. Yeah, it does. Forty-seven percent of families in the United States reported that pornography is a problem in their home. Wow, that's pornography crazy. use increases the marital infidelity rate by three hundred percent. Three? How is it even possible? Three hundred percent? Yeah. <sighs> Mercy. of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic sites. And unfortunately, we have known some of those marriages that have broken up, and it's it's destroyed ministries, it's destroyed families. Um, And and when things like that happen, it it definitely affects the children and the family as well for their future. You know, it's interesting. Satan is really working overtime and attacking the family. Oh, he is. He is definitely working overtime. Uh, I think that's precisely the fact that the Apostle Paul, um, you know, right after he talks about the family in Ephesians chapter 5. True. And in Ephesians 6. Yes. Talks about husband, wife, and then the children. Right. And he goes right into spiritual warfare. I don't think that's by accident. I don't think that's by accident either because he's basically warning everybody, hey, you know, you, we're talking about these different units, and bam, you got to be prayed up, read up, and be ready to fight Satan because mm-hmm. he's attacking. In Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 13, Paul goes right in. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the mighty power. Mm-hmm. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the re- heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. That's awesome. And so Paul wants us to be aware that, you know, the things around us uh, are, are just that. They're things that we see, mm-hmm. but the real world is behind in, an, in other dimensions. Well, and, and when we put the whole armor of God on, mm-hmm. what on our body is not protected? Our And that means we don't ever need to turn our back on Satan, and we also need to face God. Yep. We don't need to glorify him, but we don't need to turn our back on him because right. he was real. We need to be cognizant, aware. Of that, schemes. Yeah. And, and you know, it, you just really have to realize that a battle is always going on over us, and we have to put that armor on and trust in God and be ready. I mean, Isaiah 14 is talking about the um, Babylonian king. Right. But Isaiah gets into the, who's behind the, the, the world rulers. Oh, yes. It, you know, oh, Lucifer, uh, you know, dawn of the morning star. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you fallen? From? And he goes into the spiritual realm. And Ezekiel does the same. Yes. We're at war. We are. Uh, although the war has been won, uh, the adversary, the general of the adversary, uh, which is Satan, Lucifer, uh, is, is still thinks he can win. He even does. though he's lost. Sorry. Yeah, he does. And you just turn on the TV and look at the world leaders. I'm not going to give any names, but look at the world All leaders. <laughs> All of them. You can tell that 98% of them are not living for Jesus. and you know, important world leaders, um, people love hearing stories about them where they're defeated or their marriages are breaking up or they're having affairs yeah. and everybody that sells. I mean, look at Princess Diana when she died, you know, all of them were chasing her when she died. That was just huge. It's like our world wants to see the down and dirty yep. rather than the uplifting glorifying. You know, we, Albert Einstein says that there's 10 to 12 dimensions, maybe more. Mm. And so we are, we're, f- we're in a battle in dimensional, with dimensional rulers. Right. Uh, angels. Uh, yeah. Fallen angels. And so if we knew the battle that was going on over our soul, over our, uh, our, our, our life, mm-hmm. uh, we would probably be a little frightened. I'm sure we would. And we can see also that the world is caught up interested in those dimensions because look at all the movies that are out there that have the portals yes. and the multiverse and things like that. That's just showing you the various, that there are dimensions out there. I think a lot of what we get, and then we move on transition, right. but a lot of what we see in Hollywood is what Satan and his buddies uh, want us to actually be pursuing. And what the world has actually planned out, the elites have actually planned out to actually occur, right? Such as you know the alien invasions, mm-hmm. uh, such as the um, you it's know superhero type things, or this transhumanism uh, being controlled by one world leader and all that stuff. People, Se- sexual um, uh, deviance. Yes. 
Can I talk about that real quick? We're going to, that's where we're transitioning. Go ahead. Okay. We went and saw Flash for our anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary to us. 25 years yesterday. Five years. We'll do it all over again. 200 more. Yes, definitely. We saw Flash. Uh, we just wanted to go see a movie and, and, you know, superheroes are pretty cool. The guy who plays Flash is called They and There, and he's had so many arrests and things like that. And, and so they're putting him up there as a superhero for kids to basically respect and follow and think he's cool. And he's the main character in this movie, and he doesn't even know who he is in person. Yeah. I was, I mean, I almost got it and walked out, but, you know, we didn't. We, we probably should have. We analyzed it, but yeah, it was definitely a letdown. And it just, it's just a perfect example in our world of the depravity and the sexual immorality and things like that, just with that one main character of that movie. Can you imagine someone saying, are you male or female? Or female? Uh, they? Yeah, and... They? As teachers, I know y'all that are teachers that are listening, yes, unfortunately, have to play into that to some degree because you want to love and respect the kids that are in your room. And if you start, if you refuse to call them they, them, then you're not going to be able to teach them. So what do you do? You love them with the love of God like you do every other child in your classroom and uh, you do your best to be an example and a witness. But we can't turn them away. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Thank you. Um, looking at the neuroscience of it, you know, we know that Satan is the is fighting and his buddies in this in the uh, invisible realms. Right. But we can even see in neuroscience there's a physiological changes that occur with pornography addiction. Yes. Uh, when a person puts his or her body to sin. Ultimately, porn, porn use will turn the body into an enemy. Yes. Our bodies become a tool or instrument in the hands of the enemy, and in, the, in the hands of sin, and in the hands of, of, of Satan. And it's an addiction. It's not just something that you can turn your back on and say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore, because you're drawn into it and you're addicted to it, just like you would be addicted to alcohol or drugs. That's exactly right. Yeah, the latest neuroscience on porn use confirms what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Essentially, pornography rewires the brain. Uh, the brain is what scientists call plastic. Mm. It's capable of being shaped and molded and then holding that new shape over time. And, th and that's the reason why I believe porn use as a child really is precarious in those developmental years. Uh, do you know what age is the average age that child was first exposed to porn? Say 10, 12? That is close, 11. 11, okay. Yeah. And 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14 years old. Well, I taught fifth grade for a few years, and they are right at that age, you know, going into sixth grade. And, and I do think, um, especially the second half of fifth grade, the boys really start maturing, the girls do too, and they start being interested um, in their bodies and other bodies, and and I can see why that would be the age. Can I back up for a second? You can back up. I am not trying to belittle anybody, but will you explain the term neuroscience just so people understand what that is? 
Well, let me get into that. I know. Okay. All right. Then go ahead. Neuroscience is basically the chemicals and hormonal events that leave a mark on the brain. Okay. That's kind of the, basically we have things like dopamine, we have things of um, counters. Right. Then affect serotonin okay. dopamine okay. that affect the neurotransmitters in our brain and in our body for that matter. Right. And as a result, uh, we become addicted. Okay. So basically when you have neuroscience, it the neurological aspects are, are kind of uh, ways. Right. So neural pathways and no and, and as a result it'll it allows the brain chemistry to work, and for that matter, everything else. Okay, very good, thank you. Um, and so, when we, when a person uses porn, I mean, Satan knows what he's doing. He does because when you get someone young, their their brains are not fully developed, and as a result, you have this molding, the molding in the brain, uh, and the frequent use of, of porn. Uh, really hardens those neural pathways and molds the brain into craving porn, more of it. And, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, video games, smartphones, etc. definitely do similar things, but porn is different and unique in that it is a poly drug, mm. which means it, it's both an upper, uh, that's dopamine, like a high, like cocaine, okay. and it's a downer, which is an opiate release, like heroin. So oh, it is that much more powerful. So it brings you up and then crashes you down. Yes. Okay. Uh, go ahead and read. I have a story that I highlighted in yellow. Okay. Uh, for you to read because you are Thank you. Uh, a teacher, teacher okay. background. And this kind of explains okay. what that landscape or what how that works with neuroscience okay. in, a story, in a story-like manner. Well, thank you for highlighting it for me. I am blind. Once upon a time... In the intricate landscape of the human brain, there existed a remarkable network of neurons and pathways that governed our thoughts, emotions, and desires. Among these intricate connections lay a region known as the reward system, responsible for the experience of pleasure and reinforcement. One day, a curious individual stumbled upon a world of explicit images and videos known as pornography. Mm -hmm. As they delved into the realm, their brain's reward system sprang into action. Dopamine, the chemical messenger associated with pleasure, flooded their neural, neural pathways, creating a surge of excitement and satisfaction. With each subsequent exposure, the brain began to adapt. The once novel and stimulating imagery began to lose its initial impact. This desensitization led the individual to seek more explicit or extreme content to experience the same level of arousal, arousal they once felt. The brain, ever malleable, adjusted its expectations and demands, continually pushing the boundaries. As the individual continued their conception of pornography, their brain underwent changes. Neuroplasticity, the brain's remarkable ability to reorganize itself, came into play. Neural connections within the reward circuitry were reinforced, solidifying the associated association between pornography and pleasure. This reinforced pathway now demanded regular stimulation, perpetuating the cycle. Dopamine, once a symphony of balance, began to sway out of tune. Prolonged exposure to pornography disrupt, disrupted its natural equilibrium, 
creating dysregulation within the reward system. The individual found it increasingly difficult to derive pleasure from non-pornographic stimuli as the brain craved the heightened sensations provided by the explicit content. Our notes to the individual, their prolonged exposure to pornography began to affect their relationships. The unrealistic and exaggerated scenarios portrayed in the content set unattainable expectations, diminishing their satisfaction with real-life sexual encounters. Emotional intimacy suffered as their motivation to encourage and genuine social interactions dwindled. Eventually, for some individuals, a line was crossed. What had begun as a mere curiosity or pastime developed into an addiction-like behavior. Compulsive patterns emerged with the individual losing control over their conception of pornography. Cravings for the next hit of stimulation intensified, consuming their thoughts and actions. Negative consequences began to emerge, affecting their personal, professional, and social life. In this complex tale of the brain, the impact of pornography highlighted the delicate interplay between our desires, neurobiology, and relationships. It served as a reminder that while the brain possesses great plasticity, it also demands caution and self-awareness in navigating the vast and powerful stimuli that surround us. You did a really good job reading that. I stumbled on a few words. Sorry about that. You uh, you know, it, that's very creative, I think, to, to read it as a story. Yeah. But that is neuroscience. And that's what happens with yeah. porn. And and all of this is is an explanation for why pornography is right. addictive, uh, difficult to overcome. Yes, but explanations and neuroscience can help explain it. Uh, have an excuse for sin. True, and so the physio- physiology, uh, a lot of what we do as far as sin and and other things, or even the effects of sin, affect us physically. Yes, it does. It absolutely it does. Yeah. You know, no other sin in the Bible talked about in dealing with it like like lust. Right. Um, so it talks about praying not to fall into certain sins. Yes. Talks about reading and meditating on the Word, and all this we should. Mm-hmm. But sexual sin, as Paul writes in First Corinthians six eighteen, flee from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And I think that's exactly right. Go well, also, look at the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. How many commandments are dealing with sexual sin? Well, do not commit adultery. Right. But also it's idolatry, too. Yeah. It's a form of idolatry. That's, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, Yeah. Because so that, I mean, even sexual sin was put into the Ten Commandments, make sure that we follow. And you see it in the Old Testament and you see it in the New Testament. So that shows us that God realizes the importance of having true monogamous relationships. You know, in marriage, God created marriage and sex in a beautiful way to create the oneness. Yes. And physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's why the soul tie, when people have sex outside of marriage, they, they often feel married. That's why it's so difficult when there's a breakup, because there's a soul tie there. 
Well, we started watching that um, show, the series on, I think it was on Hulu, about Ashley Madison. Mm -hmm. And the we had to turn it off. It was just disgusting. And um, but Ashley Madison is is the uh, website where married people can go and find somebody to have an affair with. Mm -hmm. And the guy that created it says that monogamous relationships, there's no way to have a true monogamous relationship in marriage. And he's even married. Mm -hmm. But with his marriage, he doesn't, which, yeah, right. But you see that that's the world's thing. Oh, you can't just be with one person all your life. You've got to have experiences. Well, Marla, if we evolve from spam or some uh, some spam. protoplasm spam. from some monkey, right. then we must be an animal. And so, therefore, we, we must have many, many different sexual partners. And that's what the world says. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous and not true. I mean, a sexual relationship inside of marriage is beautiful. And I do not understand why the world thinks that you've got to have all these experiences because that is so sinful. That's Satan. It is. And it's also part of the agenda. All of it's part of the agenda of the right. humanism, which yes. Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Ben Mitchell uh, returns in a, yes. in a cup several weeks. Uh, we'll talk about, a little bit more about that. But yeah, all of this is, a, is, a, is an agenda from the enemy right. to create confusion and create... Uh, Basically, just like Satan said to Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. you know, if you eat this, God, God knows you'll become like him. Right. And we're trying to become our own God, and we don't want God telling us what to do. And pornography, when you're addicted to it, even if you don't go out and sleep with other people, you're still cheating on your spouse. Yes. Because you're having sexual encounters, just not physically. So Paul probably, when he said flee sexual immorality, he probably was thinking in the Old Testament. Do you remember? David? Well, David too, but he probably was thinking of someone else. Um, it, rhymes with J it starts with J and rhymes with Joseph. Joseph. When he fleed, yes, when fleed. <laughs> yes, I am a teacher. Are you a teacher? <laughs> when he fled Potiphar's yeah. wife, yeah. and she took his coat. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And so the Holy Spirit through Paul probably reminded him of that, so he put free. Yeah, run away. Run away. Don't run away. Run about it. Don't take time. You know, uh, yeah, let me uh, stay right there, beautiful woman. Let me pray about this. <laughs> Get out of there. There was some he urinates yeah. powerful hormones. Yes, he did. Don't play with it. No. No. Uh, so sexual sin is also dangerous because we don't know the spiritual doors. It's opening up. Yes. We have a sexual encounter physically mm -hmm. to someone else because it's not just physical. No. It's spiritual. Yes. And mental. All of the, all of the, all of it. And if someone's sleeping with people that are playing around with things like mm -hmm. Satanism or right. occultic things, you read yeah, and opening up doors. Yes, that should never be opened. And as a result, it can derail our purpose mm -hmm. for God's perfect plan for our life. So you've got to be careful what open up, and you've got to train your children too. 
to be careful um, from, you know, okay, kids go and have sleepovers all the time, especially the girls will pull out the Ouija board. Even the, the boys will too. Uh, things like that, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, um, all kind of things that normally take place the first time with kids. You've got to be careful. Now, I know we can't put our kids in a bubble. I know we can't. But we've got to protect them and them in a way that when they see these things coming out and they see movies that are being shown or inter- things on the Internet like pornography, if they're in somebody else's home and these things are going on, they need to know that they immediately need to call you. And who cares if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you're going to come get them because you don't want them to be exposed to that. So as parents, we have to be very careful where would our kids go when explain to them why don't just say oh because i said so we need to explain to them that spiritually they've got to depend on jesus and it's not just pornography on the xxx no but it's like our movie and some even pg-13 movies that open up portals people show their butts all the time yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Nobody wants to see yeah. that. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So sexual sin is powerful. It can put you in bondage. Right. Be- and, and becoming an addiction. Yes. Uh, can you think of some people that struggle with uh, sexual addiction? Well, David. King David. King David. Yeah, he, he did. Probably the first porn addict. Right. Yeah. I don't think that was the first time he went out there to stare at old Bathsheba. And I think she had to know that people could see her taking a bath. Oh, yeah. I mean, really. She didn't have a shower curtain. She she probably uh, added a couple of steps to her. uh, Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So King David, um, Samson. Well, uh, well, let's back up. Okay, backing up. This one's a little longer than usual, but that's okay. No problem. Uh, Others may be shorter. Yes. Um, Well, it all... Basically, blew up on David. Yes, it did. Snowballed. Yes. Uh, after his affair Bathsheba, we know he killed Uriah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, before he did that, he got him drunk, told him to go yeah, sleep with his wife, yeah. and he was such a loyal soldier that he wouldn't. Yeah. So he snowballed his sins, and God pronounced judgment. He forgave him. He did. He pronounced judgment on David's house. Mm-hmm. Child was born. From the affair died. Yes. David faced turmoil with his family, including the rebellion of his son Absalom. Yes. So David could have had a uh, purpose that he walked with God, perfect harmony as the greatest king that ever lived. Right. And, and But be- instead, he was the greatest king that ever lived. Right. And suffered greatly. Well, and his son ended up killing, you know, Bathsheba's husband and the child that was to be born to them. And I'm sure other people, because there were other people that were put on the front line with him that um, in battle, uh, her husband that probably died because of David's sin. And he should have been out there in the battle too himself, David. Yep. He was probably, he was relaxed. He should not have been up on that roof. He should have been out in battle. There was pride there. There was pride there. Yeah. And then there's Samson. Yes. Samson was a mighty judge. Yes. He had a very big weakness for women. Uh, despite his Nazarite vow, he pursued relationships with foreign women. For, forbidden by God. Right. God was very patient with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he fell in with Delilah. Right. And that, though, yeah. his parents didn't take a stand. 
and say, no, we're not going to get you this ungodly woman for you to marry or to have relations with. They said, okay, go ahead. And we as parents, you know, we don't know how old he was at that time, but if our kids come and ask us advice, we need to make sure we give them godly advice and not just give in and say, oh, we'll do what you want to do. Yes. So. And so he, basically Delilah tricked him. Yep. And as a result, he would end up dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he still was used by God in a mighty way. Yeah. He was still a man of faith. Yeah. Never have known it unless it was for Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah. He's in but, the hall of faith. But he ended up dying as he had a massive victory, but he died alongside his enemies. Yes. Because of what he did. Which is so. I mean, but we see the consequences in David. We see the consequences in Samson. And eventually we'll do a study on Samson with the judges. Solomon. Oh, yeah. So many wives, so many concubines. 1,000 wives. What? Let me read that. 1,000 wives. How many? Let's make your snarky comment. God, God said uh, one man and one woman, not okay. one so man and a thousand wives. Like, can you put that one thousand wives? I can't even put it one. Yeah. I never said that. I gave it for you. Yeah. I never said it. Yeah. But because of him wandering off, we know that they led him and they tempted him yes. into idolatry. Because they were from other, they were from other countries that served other gods. And it would be the downfall of his dynasty. Yes. Yeah. The uh, one that's really handled it right was Joseph in the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And God ultimately rewarded him. When we do this, we need to be aware it's not just a sin that is like other sins. Right. It opens up portals. It opens up. So it's important to to repent. Yes. It's important if you're not saved to receive Christ and put your trust and faith in him. Absolutely. That he died and rose from the dead. Yes. But we must choose uh, to flee uh, sexual immorality. Yes. And flee to Christ. Absolutely. Galatians 2.20 says, for now, for I have been crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Yes. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So it's dying to self, not trying to fill it with the lust of the world, right. but dying to self and drinking the living water of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, when we look at this, some real quick ways to deal with this. Number one, starve the lust. Yes. Being tempted itself is not sin, but if you are tempted, you've got about three to five seconds. That's short. Before it turns into sin. Wow. Three to five seconds. Yeah. So turn around. Go away. If you trip up, do not think that you've blown everything. Right. If you're climbing up a mountain and uh, you're climbing, you trip on a, you you trip, you mess up, you don't fall way back down. (laughs) Just me. I would roll down. Well, no. <laughs> no. Just get back up. Yes. Move on forward. That's right. Yeah. Accountability, accountability, accountability. Yes. Isolation is a scheme of the devil. Bring it to light. Celebrate. Recovery. Yeah. Support group. Yeah. And accountability. And you can search the internet for Celebrate Recoveries near you. Um, and very important to go to them. They, they handle, they just are wonderful. You know, Covenant Eyes is a very good organization. Yes. Very good porn blocking. Yes. Uh, you know, Matthew 5, verses 29 through 30 says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. 
<laughs> and throw it away. It's right. better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown to hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than the whole body be, be uh, thrown in hell. And so the point here is not that you go cut your hand off or pluck your eye out. Right. You make it difficult so you, it's not easy to do. Yeah. Close your eyes. Walk away. Eat the word of God. It's like food. Mm-hmm. And imprint it on your mind and your heart. Definitely. Definitely. Romans 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you discern what is the will of God and what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And there's so many good Bible studies, um, books out there for the Christian who's dealing um, with porn addiction. So check those things out as well. And definitely you need, if you're married, you probably need um, marital counseling with a Christian counselor, um, you know, and, and probably some individual counseling for both um, as you're traveling through this addiction and overcoming that addiction together. And we know that this addiction can be overcome, but it's just as difficult as, um, you know, getting, not become not drinking for an alcoholic or not taking drugs for the drug addict. So you've got to get counseling for those things to be able to uh, fix it in your life. And there's always going to be temptations so that you definitely need Christian biblical counseling to help you um, abstain from these sins. And remember that God can tell your mess, turn it to a message for his glory and for your good. Thanks for listening, and you probably heard some thunder in the background. It's all good. We're just a mobile and always rains here. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye.